my God, is everything more expensive nowadays? I mean, I can't go to the store. So listen to this. So I go to the store. I grab what I would deem. Aaron, you're old enough to have gone to the grocery store as a child. And you saw the people with two golf carts or golf carts, wow, <laughs> shopping carts full. And they got to the checkout and it was $180. Oh, and yeah. you thought, holy moly, that is going to feed for seven months. What is going on? So I go in, I grab what I think is um, a week's worth, a week's worth for a family of really two, but it's four because, you know, you got to have 20 euros in the house and they're going to eat a lot more. That's okay. But I don't have a cart, two carts full. I really have one. I call ahead and I say, get down here. Help me carry these bags in because, you know, they got to do something. And we make one trip, one trip, no four trips back and forth. No, uh, you know, I got to carry one trip. I go, how much do you think this collection of groceries we got without skipping a beat? The two 20 year olds go $300. Oh, and they were right. And they didn't <laughs> even blink. They didn't even blink. So if I were to tell you, that inflation is here. Inflation is here in the real world, in the fantasy world, in a number of different worlds. What 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 item have you noticed has caused the most burden to you in the inflation area? Well, you know, I work at the hospital. It's my day job. And so um, on the weekends, our hospital cafeteria is not open, but we have a Publix, which is like a grocery store uh, in, our, in the south. And so uh, it's right down the street. And every once in a while on the weekends, like, um, we call it snack chicken. We just go down and we get, you know, like 20 wings that are already done up or 40 wings or whatever and, and bring them back and everyone just kind of snacks throughout the day and on whatnot. And so I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go get some snack chicken. I'm going to go get some chips. I'm going to, you know, come back with some food for us because it's Saturday. We're working and, and uh, you know, there's nothing to eat here. So I go, the chicken is still reasonably priced, like 20 wings for like $14 which is a great deal. It's like one of the best deals in, in the world. Publix, shout out to you and your chicken. Love it. Uh, and I'm like, you know what? I'm in the mood for like some chips and dip. I'm going to go down the chip aisle. Used to go down the chip aisle and get two of those big ass bags for $5. Now, every, a bag of plain Lay's is like five forty nine for like a regular size bag. Are you kidding me? We didn't get any chips. No. I'll tell you right now. We didn't get any chips. I'm, I will never spend... Six dollars on a bag of chips. That's outrageous. And it's half air. It's half air. Yeah. It's it's incredible. So you 682 patrons out there. We need to get about 318 more to get to a thousand. We also need 318 more. So Aaron can buy some chips. Uh Lavy, uh Wavy Lays with the Dean's French onion dip. The poor oh, man yeah. is withering away. He oh, needs yeah. that. He's taking care of our veterans for crying out loud. Get this man some wavy lays chips and uh, French onion dip for crying out. You glossed over that 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 uh subscriber bump there. We got like nearly a hundred over the last couple of weeks, which is freaking awesome. I feel it this year, Nate. I feel the filet fish. I know we're gonna get to the dollar menu here in a minute. I do too. I feel that filet fish, man. That filet fish is not on the dollar menu. I didn't promise you. that's, sure that's another one. I don't even know how much it is. We're gonna need a thousand subscribers. Yeah. If we're eating filet fish, we're high on the hog. We're gonna be uh we're going to need some some ramping up. But, you know, inflation, as I mentioned, isn't just hitting there. It's kind of hitting. You touched on it, the restaurant business. We used to have a thing. God, remember when the dollar menu used to exist? 
Mm. And I say that it probably still does, but it really doesn't because everything dollar general is not a dollar. Family dollar is not a dollar. Dollar stores are now a dollar fifty. Five below is now probably like eight below. But if you know, you know what a five below is, have you guys have them? We do have a five below. I've not been in there in a while. So it's not five below anymore. It's like, yeah, you're it's probably eight below. But regardless, quick question for you. Since we're talking about these dollar menus, had me thinking, man, I haven't seen one in a minute, but what are some of your favorite dollar value menu items? Do you have a list? Did you, were you, you're, you're a good healthy guy. So you, maybe you don't know as many as some of the, some of the other fast food connoisseurs out there. Yeah. I don't eat too much fast food. I, I've kind of stayed away from that, but um, uh, I will say that back in the day of, you know, uh, imbibing in a little bit of alcohol and finding a sober driver to take us through the drive-through or re, you know, reasonably sober driver to take us through the drive-through. Right. Uh, uh, the Golden Arches McDonald's had the six-piece nugget on the dollar menu for a, a limited time, and there were like five of us. You know, how many six-piece nuggets do you think you could eat? Oh, eh. oh, yeah. I mean, you could crush some nuggets, right? So yeah. we we pack in the car, we get a we get you know we head out over to McDonald's, and we just we then we realize like how much do we want to spend on these nuggets? Do we want to spend a hundred dollars at the drive-through? And get 600 nuggets. We peeled it back, and we de- we determined that we were each going to get six six pieces, and then we were going to get six pieces for um somebody who wasn't there. So we were going to get six piece nuggets, six of them each for 36 total six piece nuggets, yes. which is like 192 nuggets, right? We pull mm-hmm. up to the drive through, and who whoever was driving was like six. We're going to get uh 36 six piece nuggets <laughs> oh, and, no. and the person on the other end just laughed i mean they just <laughs> barely laughed into the thing and then there was like this long awkward pause and the guy was like oh no wait you're serious <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're serious and the guy's like it's gonna take me a while to cook 200 nuggets i mean we only got a couple fryers i gotta do fries and all this other stuff so you're gonna have to like Wait a few minutes. We waited like an hour for them to cook Holy hell. nuggets. Crushed them all. Good for you. Crushed. At least you did that. That you know, that's that's perseverance. I like that. And that's good value, I think. I mean, if we're if the idea of, of this dollar menu is value, um, I think that is one of the best cases of value. I I also try to avoid the the fast food as of late, more so than back in the days when I would, you know. Yeah, but I didn't a little drinks here and there, and, and we had a place down the street from uh, from my place called Sonic, and I don't know if Sonic oh, yeah. is everywhere. I assume so. Oh, you yeah. have to be careful. Sonic had a chili cheese Frito burrito for a oh. dollar, like twenty or something like that. Completely different than the six piece nugget. The six piece nugget you can pace yourself if you want to get one, and you could enjoy each one separately they could get their own dipping sauce you have a, a little bit of a spread out amongst the wealth each one might not be as good as the last but each one is inherently going to be satiating and or available well that 36 nugget went down way yeah 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 we're gonna go ahead and just assume most people are only spending the dollar not everybody has 36 one dollar uh stories to tell but that burrito was small Packed with delicious flavor or upside, and yet left you yearning for more as well as an upset stomach. 
Um, I'm going to take two seconds real quick and be a man. My wife carries here and she asked me to open this jar. Look at this. Oh, man. Hi, Carrie. Um, welcome to Aaron the show. Says, welcome to the show, Carrie. Everybody listening, that right there opened a jar. My husbandly duties are fulfilled. And she cut off my beautiful window. So the Frito Burrito Jr., like I said, man, satisfying, eh, kind of flavorful, definitely explosive, fun, but gone like that. And it may hurt your stomach. These correlations to these dollar menu items can easily segue into what we have identified as some dollar bids amongst the relief pitching uh, realm, the the shallow pool that is value at the end. And I mean, it's it's everywhere. You know, we have to attack that. And when you're looking at dollar players, not everybody's going to go after and want to spend a dollar on a player. If you're in different types of leagues, what type of league do you think warrant dollar uh, picks? Obviously auction, but you know what I'm saying, or salary cap, whatever. Sure. I mean, the uh, if you're playing salary cap or auction league, you are inevitably going to have two roster spots left and two dollars. And if you if you've done it right, if you spent all your money and bid up on the right guys and waited on the correct players, had a good strategy, there are some excellent auction players, and pretty much they'll all tell you that you should spend every one of your dollars. That's why you have them. You don't get to carry them over into the season. And so having a good strategy with your cash is imperative whenever you're going into an auction. Um, I will say that in deeper formats, mm -hmm. you probably are going to actually have more $1 players than you would in a shallower format. And that's because um, just the player pool has been stretched thin and the spending up is happening more so than in a 10-player league versus 15-player league. And so your last maybe three or four spots in a 15-teamer are your dollar things. But here's, here's the caveat. Mm -hmm. you, never want, you never want to bank on your $1 player to provide any sort of statistical value to your team. That is a poor for strategy. I know uh Lima, right? Lima says nine pitchers, nine dollars. Is that the old that's the old strategy back in the day mm -hmm. when you guys used to play with um pigeons carrying your rosters across the country? So we did. We we threw jacks down to catch to pick up how many different <laughs> players we could have and uh and we'd send it in carry pigeon as you said and hopefully we would you know we would strike gold with the uh the whatever you can't call them waiver wire because there was no such thing as wire at the time. We it was just <laughs> make believe. <laughs> oh man, and you're not even that old, Nate. But it's Thank amazing you. that you've been playing fantasy baseball for 50 years and you're not even 50. That's, That's incredible. <laughs> still and still not any good at it. It's still not any good it's at this. So maybe you can truly incredible. Um, yeah. So uh, that's not it's not a great strategy to count on any stats um, from your one dollar guys. But you need to have these spots, and they need to be, you know shots these are the shots you take this is the end game of your draft this is when you're looking to pull a rabbit out of the hat and speaking of inflation though this year it seems like those one dollar relief pitchers that you could typically get in an auction they've been inflated a little bit and i know you came up with a little list of one dollar guys 
people don't like to spend on saves. That's just always been a thing. Um, and so a lot of players that you're playing against will be buying from this bargain section in hopes of catching up to those of you who have spent and invested in your anchor or into guys that have a significant save share. We we hesitate to say the term closer because right. there aren't very many of those. Yeah, it's I, I'm starting to put uh, quotation marks around every time I type the word closer out, which which I hate because I still think that despite wanting to anoint a person a closer, I think some managers still uh, feel that if you call someone a closer, they can use that against you. Mm -hmm. you know, anything you say or do can be used against you in a court of arbitration. And I think that they're like, I was the anointed closer. I had a role. I had a more uh, prestigious role than a high leverage fireman or a seventh inning guy. And I don't know if that's one of the reasons why I'm keep avoiding it, but I think that it's just, it, it, it's a misleading term in some capacity, especially with some of the guys that are in the league now and the, to, you know, uh, the process that managers are unfolding, but how, uh, how do you want to go about doing this? Because I, what I did is this: I looked at the NFBC's most recent auction drafts, so the uh, the high stakes as well as the auctions combined, and I used the since the month of March, totally from March first up till now, and I used the one dollar minimum bid as well as an average auction value of let two dollars or less, really less than two dollars, to identify some of the solid one dollar deals. Some of these guys have higher max bids; we know that based on different times, but. Like the first name who has gotten a minimum bid is Kyle Finnegan. Mm -hmm. If Kyle Finnegan presented himself for a dollar, I, I can't think that you wouldn't take time to jump on that, correct? Yeah, I mean, uh, there aren't too many guys on this list who have a super known role in their bullpen. Mm -hmm. um, we are, with most certainty here, figuring that Kyle Finnegan star starts the season at least with a very large portion of the save share in Washington. Whatever those however many saves those are, he'll have a large share to start at least. So yeah, yeah. he makes he makes perfect sense for an end game one dollar type guy. Gotcha. And the next person down is another person similar to that. And that's a Carlos Estevez who at a minimum bid of a dollar, he only saw a max bid of six, but you know, I don't have the range. I guess I could have dug deeper and found out. My guess is that minimum $1 bid was early and it's subsequently gone up. But even a $6 bid's not terrible. Carlos Estevez, another guy in that Kyle Finnegan mold that you're comfortable with. Or if you, and, and I'm going to do it this way, Aaron, you have $1 left mm -hmm. and you know that when nominated, because this is what happens all the time, is you start to nominate a player that's in your $1 list and everybody goes $2 that has money left over and you want to curse them, but you're scared because if you nominate a person you don't want and it's crickets, your draft is over. You're stuck with that player. <laughs> So keep that in mind is that, you know, it's round robin. Everybody has a dollar left. You get $1 and you can nominate Carlos Estevez for the $1, knowing some of these other names might be available. Pass or play. Yeah. Uh, since I have the luxury of seeing this list, um, and if these guys were still potentially sitting in my queue, there are far too many of them. This come, this, this really comes down to your strategy as well, but yeah. end game type of strategy, like you need, you can't get, stuck with Carlos Estevez when some of these other guys are still sitting out there, potentially being able to steal them for a dollar. Not saying you will, and you may end up with none, 
because you know you may be the guy who just didn't have the two dollars sometimes the two dollar hammer is worth everything in the end in the end of auctions but um yeah i don't think i'm tossing carlos estevez with the rest of these guys still kind of sitting out there i don't think i'm tossing them out there for a dollar not comfortable with him just yet right you touched on a, a very important part point that i want to talk about too is roster construction is like you said don't assume any stats but also don't assume that these guys can't be helpful in other categories besides just saves. There's players on this list that I promise you that in certain weeks where you don't have an option, injuries will happen. You will see the plethora of red outs next to your mm. NFBC lineup where you have nobody to start. And when you have to insert a, a setup, Carlos Estevez, who only comes in and gets rocked or is walking everybody, or maybe not, maybe he's doing well. We hope he does. I think we're fans of Carlos Estevez, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. There might be some other names. The next one I know is one that I think that you would definitely spend your dollar on. You may tell me I'm wrong. This is Jorge Lopez. Um, he has a minimum of a dollar, maximum of only six. Been going in about every draft so far through that date. It's passing around. Aaron Pags is on the auction block. He gets the name, uh, a player's name. Is that name Jorge Lopez? Yeah, he was almost my flag planting article guy. Um, he is a, almost assured some sort of save share in Minnesota. He performed well, obviously much better in Baltimore than he did after coming before coming over in the trade to Minnesota last year, but he's there to pitch big innings for them. For That's a certainty. And they are not going. I mean, we've talked about this every single time we talk about the twins. They are not driving up Yohan Duran's price tag in arbitration. They're just not doing it. And who is the next logical person? Guy who's done it before. Mm -hmm. And that's Jorge Lopez. I've drafted six teams, and he's on four of them already. So, yes, this is an easy $1 guy for me. With a weekly strategy with that, you think you're going to have him in every week? Um, or are you going to look at just strictly games like of the week? Or are you going to look at type of uh, – like if the weekend comes and Duran – pitches Saturday, Sunday, gets back-to-back -back for some strange reason. At that point, I think you're easily going to put him in. But is there any other tricks that you may try to deploy to get him into your lineup at the most opportune time? Yeah, I think the first thing looking at is the Twins' schedule for that week. Playing seven games, he's in my lineup every single time. No doubt about that. Six games starts to become maybe questionable, but he's likely in a six-game week. If if the Twins are coming up on a five-game week and Sunday, Duran doesn't pitch, I'm probably going to park Jorge Lopez on my bench because I don't think I'm going to miss out on a three save week there. I might miss out on one save, but um, hmm. I, I, I don't, I just don't think he, he doesn't hurt you anywhere, but he's not going to help you that much in a five game week where he may only pitch one inning, potentially two innings. And if I'm missing out on one or two K's and one save, I can make that up throughout the season. Um, and deploy him uh, on those long weeks or when, like you said, when Duran pitches on the weekend prior. Yeah, the next name is one that I don't see myself investing. I just was shocked that it was – I'm shocked that the max bid of $5 is higher than some of these other names. That's Gregory Soto, who mm -hmm. feels like he's really got the long – or the most rungs on that leverage ladder to get over in order to get save opportunities. And none of his ratios to me really scream – someone I want at the back end or the bottom of my pitching staff for support. And I mean, I, are you in agreement with me? Yeah, I'm, I'm there with you on Soto. Um, it's, he certainly doesn't have the command, though he does offer you a bit of strikeout upside. Mm -hmm. And so I could 
potentially see stashing him in a in a deeper league, like a fifteen teamer, uh, as a one dollar bid, because the Phillies are going to utilize this bullpen hard and heavy for the majority of the season. And I think he could be end up being like a sneaky source of first man out of the bullpen, kind of like a, a fruit type of guy and and have some K upside if they deploy him against, you know, um, the left handed middle of a lineup somewhere and it's the fourth inning. He could turn into like a weird, sneaky one dollar value. You'd, I just don't know when you'd use him. So it'd have to be like a super deep, like a, you know, like a DC or something like that where you have some injuries and you just need to cover for a week and the Phillies are playing again a whole bunch of games and they're facing a team with some big lefties. I wonder if in a super, super deep best ball league, if he might be able to give you a week where he puts up some value because you know the mm-hmm. Phillies are going to win ball games. Mm-hmm. Trey Turner's going to have a war of about a Captain America, man. No kidding. He's <laughs> crushing right now. So that team will be one. The next one I think is one that I could have seen the minimum, the maximum bid be even higher on the opposite mm-hmm. end of Gregory. So that's Jason Adam, who we know how Tampa Bay is reacting. I think we're on team Fairbanks, but Jason Adam has the, you know, has the ratios, the peripherals, the, the team context to be able to be provided uh, some safe floor. Uh, Jason Adam, solid little dollar bid for you towards the end. Probably the one of the best dollar bids in this entire group because yeah. we're certain that he's in a, that he's in a high leverage role. We know that Tampa is going to allow him to get to collect some saves. We know that he's not going to hurt your ratios. We know he's going to give you some strikeouts. He's going to collect some wins along the way. Um, Fairbanks, of course, if you if you followed along this weekend, velocity was a little bit down. Kind of um, always worried about Fairbanks and that pitching arm, and so. He is he is an excellent one dollar target, one of the best on this list. Yeah, that and for reference to that game, that Fairbanks, I want to just believe that it was nothing because oh. everybody on both sides of the ball was down three miles an hour. Everybody mm-hmm. except for um, you know one pitcher. So and that was Drew Rasmussen. So I'm gonna take that with a grain of salt, hopefully, and not be too worried about that. But that's just a taste. That's just a a, a teaser. That is one, two, three, four, five, almost six players as in your six piece nuggets that you have uh, talked about. So you've had your fifth, your five nuggets listeners. You want that sixth one. You saved all the delicious best dipping sauce is what? Oh, sweet and sour. Come on now. Sweet and sour. I'm right there with you. Just making sure some people are team barbecue. I get it. Get out of here. Honey mustard or whatever the other no, ones are. No. You are not welcome. Get out of don't out uh, actually subscribe. Please do. Well, <laughs> we still want you. We don't care that much, but hold on to that one final uh, nugget. Subscribe, jump into the uh, the I believe the best Patreon for your money, hands down, and uh, and give us a shout. So, www.patreon slash reliever recon five dollars a month will be the best five dollars a month you'll spend. I promise you. Like we said, it's cheaper than a Dunkin' Donuts coffee if you're a little fancy like me. Yeah. If you get a black coffee, it's about the same price. Regardless, that's going to be in and out of you. This information will stick with you the entire season, I promise. Aaron and I picked up for Greg on the Spring Vibes. I can tell you, I will pay five bucks to not have to do that every day. It's worth it. So jump in with this. Yeah, no kidding. So thank you, though, for listening. Appreciate it, and we will uh, catch you soon.